0: mercy Row, Hey, yeah. Hey, my name is Rashad. I am one of the pastors here. I do this thing because I want to make sure your attention's in the room. And that whatever could be distracting you right now could be left at the door so that you can be present for the word of God. So I'll say good morning, Mercy Road. You say good morning, Rashad. No matter what, there's these goofballs among you who are going to say Richard and Radish. Do not listen to them. Just say Rashad so that we could try to do this one time. But we want, once again, it's not to glorify me or anything like that. I just want to make sure your energy's in the room. I want to make sure you're here and that you're ready for the word of God. Good morning, Mercy Road. You see, last service was half the people and louder, so I need to know that you're excited. Is this a living word of God right here, right? Right? Like, I believe it's alive, and, and so let's be excited about what we're about to hear. I know you just got back from spring break, and you're in that spring break hangover. Get over that, all right? I need you here in the room with me. Good morning, Mercy Road. <laughs> All right, all right. Before I get started, I want to go ahead and pray. I want God to be in front of this message. I want him to be on your hearts. This is a tough message, and I want him to prepare your hearts for this so that you can receive it. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for what you've already done in the first service, um, already hearing the responses of the hearts that you are penetrating. Father, we ask for the same thing among those who are in this room and those who are online. Uh, Father, we ask that you're, you're cultivating that soil, that the soil is ready to receive, but those who aren't, Father, that they're able to identify the things that are explained in this text. Father, remove me and let them see all of you, all of your son. It's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Last thing, last thing. Give it up for the online people. What's up, Brittany, Nathan, Holly? Like that, That's so important, and you're going to see why it's important as we walk through this passage. So Last week was not... Was not Easter like off the chain, right? Like off the chain. Y'all like, what's off the chain? Forget it. Wasn't it amazing, right? Wasn't Easter amazing? It was an amazing time. And and this passage that we're going to be in and this series that we're going to be in is looking at how sometimes... Last week, that experience, you got rah rah up, and you're like, yeah, he's like jumping off the stage, screaming livid people and all this, and I'm fired up about Jesus, and that's how things start. Like, it impacts you, and you're caught up in the excitement. Maybe you enjoyed the message. You're like the energy of the message, and there's maybe you enjoyed the people. Maybe you enjoyed it. I don't know, but something started last week for many of us, uh, not just nonbelievers, believers who surrendered their life to Christ, and we saw over 50 last week surrender their life to Christ. Amen, right? But also for those of us who are believers who are like, man, I'm fired back up. There was something special last week, and I'm fired back up. But uh, for a lot of us, by Wednesday... We weren't fired up anymore, and now we're trying to get back to Sunday, and we're here, and we're expecting something, and I just want to speak to that because the passage that we're going to be looking at over the next four weeks in this sermon series called How It Started, How It's Growing, and we kind of took that from the the meme, how it started, how it's going. I know we're a little late, Eh, pastors, right? But but it's like something started for many of us last week, uh, but was it a false start or was it the real thing? And we're going to be looking at some passages today, and uh, we're going to be talking through this thing called the parable of the the sower. And and a parable, like some of you are like, hey, what's a parable? A parable is like a story or a simile or a metaphor, if you're familiar with that language, where you tell something that's natural to everybody, but it has a much deeper spiritual or moral truth behind it. Uh, One of my favorites is this. Everybody knows what a moon is, right? Moon. Nobody knows. Come on, help me out. Get it? Come on. You know what a moon is. All right. All right. Thank you. Everybody knows what a moon is. And everybody knows that the moon shines at night. However, the moon in itself has no light within it. The moon is reflecting the sun so that it gives us light at night. In the same way as Christians, we're supposed to be like the moon, we have no light within ourselves. What we have is the light of the gospel, the light of Jesus Christ. So we are reflecting the sun in the night, and the night is the world. That's one of my parables, right? Right. And so you recognize that the moon is like the Christians, and the sun is Christ, S-U-N, S-O-N, right? And then the world is the darkness or the night, and we're supposed to shine in the night. That's what a parable is. But we often uh, misinterpret and, and just read these wrong. And so what we're going to be looking at right now is going to be real heavy, but I also want to talk about that right there. Has anybody ever heard of like the listener or the hearer's response versus the author's intent? Anybody ever heard of anything like that? Maybe perhaps. Okay. So it's DJ season, right? I love this table because I get to act like it's a turntable. Uh, and so it's DJ season and I start this week, I do a, a Bethesda Christian schools. I'll be DJing their prom. And then there's going to be a lot of weddings that I'm doing. Like, I've already been booked for a lot of weddings. And so it's so funny because no matter what year it's in, they, bro, check it out. They always request the same songs for the end of whatever they're doing, right? And so every year, they're like, oh, for our last song, I want you to play, I hope you had the time of your life. Like, everybody knows that, right? And I'm like, Why? And they're like, well, because, you know, we're going to have such a great time and the time of our life. And I'm like, that song written by the author was a breakup song. Why would you at your wedding want this song to be the last song at the end of your wedding? And they're like, I never knew that. Why? Because when I heard it, I only heard what I wanted to hear. Um, another one is closing time, right? Closing time, y'all know that song, and, and whether you've heard it at the bar or, or, or heard it at a, a marriage, uh, people are like, "Oh, play, play, play that closing time," and I'm like, "Why?" They're like, "Because you know it's time to finish and it's time to go home," and I'm like, "That song is about childbirth, like." even you now are like, what? Yes, go read about it. The song is about childbirth. And when he says, I know who I want to take me home, he's talking about his mama, like the womb he's came out of. And you're like, like, listen, you're like, what? How many times have I like bought my last, you know, anyway. So, so that's what I'm saying though. Like you wouldn't know unless you had the author's intent. Same thing with the parables. The same thing with the parables. Like We interpret these so many different ways based on how we feel or what we think is going to keep people in the seats or what sounds the best. And mercy, we don't do that, right? We're going to be faithful to the text. So I got to give you some context before we can get into the scripture. We're in Matthew 13. That's where we're going to be. But let me build you up to how we get to Matthew 13. I'm just going to tell you that. Uh, it starts in Matthew chapter 12. So in Matthew chapter 12, you don't have to turn it. I'm just going like, to give you the synopsis. Uh, Jesus and the disciples start off at the beginning of that chapter walking through the grain fields, uh, the fields of grain. And as they're walking through the, the grain fields, the disciples are hungry, so they're picking grain off of the grain fields, and this was okay back in the culture. This was perfectly fine, but uh, the Pharisees are upset. Excuse me, the Pharisees are upset. Why? because they're doing it on the Sabbath. They're doing it on the Saturday. They're not upset that they're picking it. That was part of the culture. But they're upset because they're doing it on the Sabbath. Jesus kind of corrects them like, we can do this. And then he goes into their synagogue. Uh, when he's in the synagogue, there's somebody on the Sabbath who has a withered hand in the synagogue and he heals that person. And they're upset about that because he's healing somebody on the Sabbath. And he goes on, he does many more miracles and they're basically rejecting him every chance they get. Regardless of the miracles, regardless of his teaching, they continue to reject and reject and reject Jesus. And then you get to this last scene in chapter 12 where he's inside of a house and he's teaching to a lot of people and his mother and his brothers have come basically to tell him, hey bro, you're getting a little out of hand, you're getting a little wild, time to come home, shut it down for a little bit. You're causing some problems because Jesus was like a disruptor, right? And so he says then, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Who's my sister? Except for those that do the will of the father with me. This is the last thing that happens in chapter 12, and all you see is just a chapter of rejection. No matter the signs, no matter the miracles, no matter the healing, no matter the teaching, they just didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was. They didn't believe in the teaching of Jesus. This is what leads us to the parable of the sower. And so in Matthew 13, let me read. Matthew 13, verses 1 through 4 says, on that day, that same day that we were talking about, Jesus went out of that house and was sitting by the sea, and large crowds gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. And so he would have been talking to those who were familiar with sowing seed. They were familiar with this language. But like, what does this have to do with anything? And here we are gathered and you're telling us about planting seeds. And we get it because we're familiar with that and, and, and that is more to it. But on the surface, that's all they would have heard. Now, remember who's among this crowd. There would have been Pharisees that just rejected them. There would have been people who just rejected them. There would have been those who just liked his teaching, liked the teacher, but still rejected the truth, right? And then there would have been his disciples or his followers. Now, we're going to jump down to 10 because although we're teaching this over the next four weeks, this is a very, very important part. Jumping down to verse 10, it says this. And the disciples... In another another, uh, passage, it says the disciples and his followers said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Because like they're not going to get nothing out of that, Jesus, if you just tell them the parable and don't explain it. And Jesus answered them, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, "You shall keep on listening, but shall not understand; and you shall keep on looking, but shall not perceive." For the heart of this people has become dull. With their uh, with their ears, they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and return, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And so a lot of people, when they teach the parables, they teach it to the soil, about the soil. They even rename it. You may even look at your Bible, and it may say in this section, the parable of the soils, right? But even Jesus names it the parable of the sower, not the soil. And there's a perspective of teaching about the soil that we're going to get to. We're going to teach on that. But it's also, and more importantly, primarily for the sower. How do we know this? The explanation that Jesus gives, he tells to those who would be sowing. He doesn't tell it to the crowd. He spoke it only to the disciples and his followers. And so if you're looking at this parable in terms of how to apply and and get down to the nitty-gritty of what it means for us, you have to think about the sowers, those of us who have received Christ and we go out sowing seed. And so when you hear this, I want you, you know, I know many of you probably heard this a gazillion times. Give me your ears. Give me your eyes. Give me your hearts. Allow yourself not to be hardened right now because there may be something in here that will move us in a way like never before. In verse 18 of Matthew 13, he goes on to explain it to the disciples. He says, listen, then. To the parable of the sower, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one sown with seed beside the road. And so the seed is the word of the kingdom or the word of God. The seed is this right here. This is the seed, and it's powerful. It's living. It's alive. And just because you know it, just because you've memorized it, means nothing if it hasn't actually taken place and sown and taken root in your heart. So this is gonna be for everybody in the room pay very, very close attention. In fact, Jesus said, if you don't get this parable, then you won't get the rest of the parables because this is some kingdom stuff right here. This is heavy. And so the seed is the word of God. It's truthful. It doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, forevermore type of thing. Um, The seed is the power of God for salvation. So salvation is not necessarily in the scriptures. Uh, Jesus said in John 5, you search the scriptures thinking indeed you have eternal life, but these do what? Talk about Christ. Christ is still the only way. Your faith in Christ is what saves you, but it is these right here, these scriptures, the seed, the word of God that if, if planted in your heart produces the faith you need to respond to the gospel message that Christ died for you, and anyone who calls on the name of him will be saved. That's all in the seed, and the devil knows the power of the seed, because even if you're a road or a hard heart, if it lands on you, he wants to scoop it up. Why? Because he knows the power of the seed. It's us who doubt the power of the seed, so that's the seed, And, and Satan... Satan doesn't change either, right? Satan is the same. He wants to devour. He wants to destroy. He wants to eliminate. He wants to come and scoop up the word. He wants you to be so caught up in just all of the show of church that you never let the word penetrate the heart. This is what he wants. He wants to distract you with all kinds of stuff so that the heart, I mean, so that the seed never gets inside of your soil. So if Satan doesn't change and the seed doesn't change, then the factors regarding how the, the seed penetrates the soil is based on the sower and the soil. And what we're going to ask today is um, the availability of you as soil, but more importantly, the availability of you as a sower, because this is the parable of the sower, right? Right? And so when I say availability, I mean like last week, everybody was fired up. People was like, hey, I went, to, I went out to eat, and I did just like you said. I said, God says live. And I was like, you really did that? They're like, yeah, you told me to, right? And they were available to share the message. They were fired up. People were like, I shared it 18 times on Facebook. I shared it with my friend. I'm so available for Jesus. Others were surrendering their life, getting baptized in their Easter clothes. Like I, I just, I'm available. I'm available. I'm available. So what happens to that availability? that if you are a believer, why did it take last week for you to go out and start sowing seed? And if you weren't available and you just became available last week, then what had you so long not available? Because it's in that answer that you might find it was a false availability. And that's the heaviness of this message, okay? And so we're going to be dealing with the first soil. There's four soils. There's the road or the hard soil. There is the rocky soil, the one with thorns. And then finally, there is the good soil. The soil is a representation of your hearts. It's your heart, okay? And so we're going to be dealing with the road or the pathway, the hard soil. We're going to ask this, or we're going to answer this. These are the reason that our availability dies. Everything we're going to talk about is the reason our availability dies, okay? And so when we look at that, let's just go back, and it says... 13, uh, 13, three, and he told them many things in parables saying, behold, the sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road and the birds came and ate it up. So once again, two perspectives, the soil and the sower. If you're looking at these fields, they wouldn't have had actual roads, like concrete roads. They wouldn't have had fences to separate it. And so when Jesus was walking through with his disciples picking the grain, they were walking on a pathway that kind of happens over time. After the day-to-day traffic, foot traffic of just going one way, and you know, if you walk on something long enough, it compacts the the dirt, and that dirt becomes hard, and it becomes a road or a pathway. This is what they're talking about. The sower went out and sowed. Like this, he's just scattering, y'all yeah, like that right there, right? He's just scattering, I'm overdramatic, right? It doesn't take all that, but he's just scattering the seed. It's called broadcasting, right? Broadcasting the soil, I mean the, the seed. And some of it fell on the walkway that had been walked on time and time and time again. And this is what made that dirt hard. And so when we're looking at this passage, whether you're the sower who's not sowing or whether you're the soil who's not receiving, I have one question for you today. What stepped on you? Who or what stepped on you to where your heart has hardened? Whether it's receiving the word or whether it's going out to sow the word, who or what has stepped on you? The day-to-day life, the foot traffic that has walked on you, what, what has made you hard? Because there's something about that thing or that person That has lordship in your life to where you're not responding to Jesus or you're not obeying what Jesus has called you to do. Now, remember, the sower is anybody who shares the word of God. And let's just start there. The the first thing that we recognize in this passage is that hoarding hearts are the road. Hoarding hearts. Holding on to something. What are you holding on to or what is holding on to you? Let's just back up for a minute. For some of you, you had an experience last week. It was an experience like you never had before. And perhaps you, um, you fell in love with the way that whoever that guy was preaching last week preached, right? Maybe you did. Maybe you did. But this is what happens when you hold on to that. And I'm going to bring myself down heavily right now. If you fell in love with me, the preacher, and you think the power is in the sower, then you've missed the seed. You see, we got people who will transfer churches based on the sower because all of a sudden they've forgotten the seed hasn't changed. We have have people who will come in here and harden their hearts because Josh isn't preaching today or Davey's not preaching today or some who uh, won't, won't, won't come next week because I'm not preaching next week because what you've done is you've put the power in the sower and so your heart becomes hard. Or you're like, man, he's not wearing a suit. Or he is wearing a suit. He's not wearing a hoodie. He's got on Jordans. He's black. He's white. And so you harden your heart because of a style or a preference when all you should be worried about is are they preaching the seed? Are they broadcasting the seed? The rest of that is irrelevant. Is it, the, is it the seed? That's where the power is. So as long as it's the seed, that's all that matters. But you'll harden your heart based on your preferences and your biases and your politics and all these things that the devil uses to snatch up the seed. And so you're holding on to these things. For some of us, it's, it's, it's our lifestyle. Yeah, the seed tells me not to live with my girl before I'm married, and I don't want to give that up. And so you harden your heart, and you don't receive that. I'll look at myself. I, I am struggling with my weight. And before you laugh at that, I mean it. There's a place in my heart that is hardened. I don't know why. I don't know what happened or what stepped on me. It's what I've been working through all week long, trying to figure out what did I allow to happen in my life that I can't give up finding comfort in food. When I'm happy, I want to eat. When I'm sad, I want to eat. When I'm bored, I want to eat. And I know the word tells me that's not what it is, but why am I doing it? What's going on? Something has hardened my heart in that area to where even when the word is casted out to me as a pastor, it bounces. And that area is hard because I'm holding on to something that can't give me life, can't give me peace, can't give me love, can't even give me comfort because the comfort is found in the word. Hope is found in the word. So that's me being vulnerable with you, but I I want you to be vulnerable with yourself. What are you hoarding? What are you holding on to? What bias do you have? What prejudice do you have? What, what addiction do you have? What are you holding on to that will not allow the seed that we cast up here to come to you? But flip it around now because this is the parable of the sower. What are you holding on to that you won't just broadcast the seed? What would it look like if I came in here and I only talked to this side? I'm like, this is where the good soil is. So I'm just going right here. I'm selective with my sowing. Y'all don't get none. Y'all just bad dirt. I'm just over here, right? I'm just over here. This is all y'all y'all the good dirt. Don't ask me why. <laughs> You're just the good dirt. But 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 that's that's how some of us are. We won't bro- we box the seed. We won't broadcast the seed. Why? Because from here, looking at you right now, I have no clue who's bad dirt. I have no clue who's good dirt. I can't see your heart. In fact, I wouldn't even know from last week what actually happened until I see the fruit on the other side. So you know what I do? I just broadcast the seed, right? So, so what stepped on you that when you see a certain type of person or a certain demographic or a certain neighborhood that you won't, you won't share seed? Like what? They're not worthy of the seed? Why? Because I can't see their hearts and I got pretty decent vision, right? What are you seeing that I don't see that says, I'm not going to broadcast and share this seed with all? Please tell me. Is it, is it because they voted this way or voted that way? Is it because they knelt during a flag or they stand during a flag? It, it, like, what is it? Is it because they wore a MAGA hat or is it because they wore uh, a certain jersey you don't like? Like, what, what ha- Is it because they wear a mask or they don't wear a mask? Why is it that you will only share seed with those you feel comfortable sharing seed with when the text says that it just, he just went out and sowed the seed? Can you feel that? And so you've hardened your heart based on something on the outside that, from some experience, something stepped on you. And I'm not here to condemn you. I want you to recognize that. I love you. And imagine if we were all broadcasting every opportunity we got, no matter where we were, no matter who it was, that's how you reach that million disciples. You, you can't come to a church that says no one's too far from God to be discipled into a passionate relationship with Jesus and then decide who you want to give seed to. You can't come to a church that says this is a hospital for sinners, but then not cast seed to sinners. So this, this is what happens after Easter. This is a follow through where you got to start asking yourself what's really going on in your heart. Because if it, if it takes Last week's experience, then if that's what you're holding on to, you've become an addict. Oh, it just didn't move me this week, because he wasn't jumping around the stage and screaming at people, "Live!" Right? And so I, it just didn't move me this week. Well then you was caught up in the show. But let me tell you something. What moved me last week is the same thing that moves me this week, the seed. See, I, I love the soil. But you're not the reason I get excited and I sweat what I'm... Pre- I'm excited about what the Word has revealed to me. It's the seed inside of me that produces this. And so if you got excited because of the message and the Word penetrates your heart, hallelujah. But if you were excited in the way it was presented, and if it's not presented that way every week, then you're going to come in here hard every single week. Because this is how you create addicts. You, you give them something that makes them high... And they, they search the rest of their life trying to get back to that high. I used to, I, I've used i been addicted to stuff. You, you try to get back to that high. And so if you've become this, this Sunday junkie, then this Easter Sunday junkie, you're going to come back week after week trying to get to that Easter Sunday high. But the seed is what should create the high. And that doesn't change. The Sundays will change. Even right now, they're like, man, this is heavy compared to last week, right? <laughs> like, dang, man. Like, and, so, and so there's one thing. It's, it's the hoarding hearts, but it's also the heavy hearts. The heavy hearts are the reason our availability dies. This is grief, right? Um, so I'm, I love my yard. I used to hate cutting grass. Like, I used to want to call CPS on my father, like, this is not right. I shouldn't have to cut this much grass, right? And then I got my own place, and I was like, man... Everybody else's grass look nice, stuff of mine. Need to do something about that, right? And so I'm, I'm like big on my grass or whatnot. And you know how you got your front yard, then you got your sidewalk, then you got that little strip right there between the road and the sidewalk. It's like pointless, like why is that even there, right? Well, my daughter, um, she started driving two years ago and she couldn't park behind me because I leave too early and I have to get out before, you know, before she's even up. So she has to park on the street and that, you know, her tender age of 16, when she started driving, she would pull up. Y'all know how it is. And she would, oh, I'm still upset. You you see my trepidation, right? She she would pull up and pull just enough over the curb that she's on my yard. Like I'm Clint Eastwood. Get off my lawn, right? Like like she's on my grass. And then it would sit there all night long. And this would happen day after day after day until she learned how to park, right? And, and so even two years later, it's bare. Like I got this little uh, text group with my friends. I know this sounds weird, but we show each other our grass. I'm like, look at my grass this year. I'm coming for the championship, right? And, and they'll, they'll like, they'll zoom it in and then they'll like circle the bare area. And it sends you back the picture, like, what is this, right? And and I'm like, ah, it's my daughter. Like, it's her car. But, But this is what happens with our hearts. Something has parked on that soil, and it's heavy, and it's weight. And so when you come in, you're here, and you hear me, but you won't allow it to penetrate because you've hardened from the weight of something. And I'm asking you, who stepped on you? or what stepped on you? Like, genuinely, just think about that. It's, 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 it's a basic question, but you, you have to answer that. Why? You're here right now, and you're not listening to anything I'm saying because something hurts, or it's heavy. Something's really heavy on your heart. What is it? Who is it? I, I um, I've, I've got permission to say this. My mom has stage four cancer, I knew she had cancer, but I didn't find out until after Easter service that she had stage 4 cancer. And we didn't confirm it until this past Wednesday that she has stage 4 cancer. And it's, it's heavy. I don't want to be insensitive to what anybody's going through. But what would it look like if I came here and said, hey, y'all, I, I can't share with you what God wants me to share. I can't sow to you this morning because I'm bitter." Um, And hardened and don't want to do what god has called me to do because i'm stuck in this place It doesn't mean that we don't grieve It doesn't mean that we don't hurt and that things aren't heavy But the heaviness is different when the seed is in you When the seed is in you the heaviness is different my mama knows the lord and as much as I want my mama to live forever She knows the lord And so it's heavy, right? It's my mother. She raised me. She gave birth it's my mama and yet I can't let the heaviness of it harden me to where now I'm not available for you. I can't let the heaviness of it harden me to where now I'm not available for him. And to be honest with you, the ups and downs of life, I used to do that. How do I know that? Because I was hard to the fact that I started looking to food for comfort instead of the word. That's how I got big. You see how that works? The heaviness, the heaviness of the ups and downs in the roller coaster of life made me harden my heart to what I knew was right about how to, how to treat food and use it for, for, for fuel, not comfort. But I hardened my heart to that, even as a pastor. I ignored that and ate and ate. and you, You're a pastor. You're dealing with people dying. You're dealing with marriage. You're just all in. You just eat. You just eat. People want to sit down, and they're crying, and you eat, and you eat, and you eat because you're hardened to the fact that God's like, no. That's real. I'm just being real. But if, if that's my reality, then what's yours? What stepped on you? What walked on you that you're not, you're not hearing me right now? And so the last one, it, it, you got your hoarding hearts that are holding on or letting something hold on to them. You got your heavy hearts and you got your hurt hearts. Your hurt hearts. That's the, some of you here have been church hurt. Maybe the sower himself hurt you. You put so much into the church, into the person, into the spouse, into the relationship. Maybe you had a Christian husband or wife who did you wrong, and now you walk in here, and you just cannot receive anything from God. You can't receive the word from God because you're so hurt, you're hardened. In that moment, you not being insensitive, because I love you, but in that moment, you, you have to understand, like, there's your Lord. There's your Lord. If you're you're here and you're like, I just can't do this Christian thing because insert person, insert experience. I just can't trust Jesus because of insert those. There's your Lord. And if if that's the reason you won't sow, there's your Lord. I'm sorry. um, This person did this and I saw it on the news. There's no way I'm praying for him. There's no way I'm going to that prison with them. There's no way... But we want to say that nobody's too far, and then get real selective in how we sow. And so, this is completely different than last week, right? For a reason. Because we we love you too much to create consumers. We that's not what we're here to do. We. We want you here because of the word and what changes are happening in your life as the seed takes place. We, we don't just want to perform. That's not what we're doing up here. We're not performing. We're, we're spreading the seed and hoping it takes root in you. So as, as I get ready to close out, ask yourself, what stepped on you to make you that pathway? Remember, it was the everyday tra- traffic of life, right? It was just everyday foot traffic, things you can't avoid, but how, why did you let it harden you? And, and can we identify that? Because the answers to the, the hoarding and the heaviness and the hurt, it's in the seed. It's actually the seed that you're rejecting that has the answers, the, the life, the love, the peace that you're looking for. I, I promise you, it's right here, and that's why we get up week after week because we believe that and we've seen it in our own lives but if, if you're too hard to receive that then you can't start the healing you can't find the comfort and you'll look for it in other things that will only harden you more that's the message today and you have to ask yourself will you be available after hearing this you see, I love that there's no there's no gimmicks to this, y'all. It's not a whole lot of laughing right now. You have to really just sit and think, man, was I just excited because of how it was preached last week? Or does this word penetrate me just as much this week when he's barely moving? And next week when he's not here and it's Josh. And the week after that, when is it like, is it really the seed that has penetrated me or is it? the sower or the spectacles because we don't want that for you. That that won't do it. You will harden. And so as we get ready to close out, I want you to stand up with me. I'm just going to say a prayer and then we're going to go into the song. We're asking, are we available? And if not, why? What stepped on you that you're not available? Let's bow our heads real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your seed. Father, we thank you for the parable that Jesus gave and the explanation he gave to his disciples. Father, we pray that we're all disciples, but we know we're not. And so we ask that you, Father, cultivate the ground that is in this room and that is online, that you, Father, break up the soil. Father, even if it takes storms to soften the ground, let the storms come. And we will count it all joy knowing that you're just trying to make us complete in you. Father, I ask that this right here, this message is not scooped up by the enemy. And that people actually identify what fired them up and how did things get started last week. If it's anything other than your seed, Father, may they repent from that. And may they respond to the word today that is powerful and able to lead people to believing in your son, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen.